Welcome to the Notes to My Legal Self, AI Insights, where law and AI collide. Get ready to level up your legal game with us. We've got career advice, cutting-edge developments, mind-blowing legal tech, and more. Know someone making waves in the legal AI world? Nominate them, or even nominate yourself. We love courageous souls. And don't forget, we want to hear from you, too. Ask questions, drop comments. Let's build a community of legal superheroes. But here's the deal. We're all about to have a blast. AI may be serious, but we're here to make it fun. So buckle up, get ready to power up, and let's embark on this exciting journey together. Now, let's introduce your fearless host, Olga Mack. Get ready to dive into the awesomeness of Notes to My Legal Self, AI Insights. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Notes to My Legal Self, Insight Edition. I'm really excited to have this conversation. It will be a little technical or maybe very technical. And all of those details are very good for everyone, technologists, legal professionals, lawyers, everyone. So without further ado, I will introduce the great guest I have today. Rich, welcome to the show. Please share who you are and what mission you're on these days. Thanks. It's, it's an honor to be here. I'm a big fan of your work. I am Richard DeBona. I'm currently right outside of Boston, and I co-founded a company called Describe.ai with my wife, and it's a new legal search engine that allows you to do uh, case law research using natural language. It's, it's pretty exciting. I will ask you about the decision of working with your wife. <laughs> so wait for that one. But before I get there, let me ask you a question of, so before you decided to be in legal tech, you were doing other things. What were the things you were doing? What was the scenic route that led you to where you are today? I come from a traditional computer science background and software engineering. And so I was working at big corporations as a software engineer and doing software architecting and managing engineering projects and all that. And then I ended up here. I've always liked to experiment with new technologies. And so at the beginning of this year, when, and end of last year, when all this AI stuff started becoming super popular, I, I kind of jumped in and really took a liking to it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started originally. Oh, I love it. Well, legal bug is real. I, I love it. How does one get up in the morning and want to spend even more time <laughs> at work with their spouse, making hard business decisions? Because oh, let's face it, running a startup is, is not the same thing as vacationing together. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I, what, I guess the difference is that we could brainstorm things all the time. And right now that's a, that's a great thing. Cause like, we'll just come up with different ideas at all different times of the day or night. And most of the time we just kind of write them down till it's time to work again, but it's, it's really just a, a good way to collaborate. It's there's also times like if I'm watching a basketball game or a football game or something and. Car might have an idea and I might be like, can we wait a couple minutes? But other than that, it's, it's really good. <laughs> I tried to collaborate with my, my husband during the pandemic. 
by coming to his, listening to what he says during negotiations and giving him tips how to do it better. And I could tell that my tips were not appreciated. And that's why we got a bigger house. His office on the other side of the universe. <laughs> I, I love that you're doing it. So you decided to build legal tech company, I guess, specifically, I guess, summarizing case law using natural language. That's a very specific challenge to solve a specific thing to build. Why that? You know, why now, as opposed to why not something else at another time? Mm -hmm. Well, when all the AI stuff came, came out, everybody was starting to use ChatGPT. And, and I was actually looking behind the scenes at some of the other capabilities of AI. And one of them is document summarization and something called embedding, which we may get to later. And so I kind of wanted to experiment with some different things rather than just the chatting. And I have an interest in the law and I was kind of looking around for things that I could summarize. And so I started running legal opinions through just to see how it would work. I, I didn't want to do like medical journals or scientific things because I wouldn't know if it was doing it right. But with legal things, I could kind of read them and see how it was doing at it. And I was kind of impressed with the results. So I just kept going and then ended up getting a, a feed to judicial opinions and just started loading them. I mean, at the beginning, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was just laughing. You couldn't get enough of legal opinions. <laughs> I mean, I remember a moment in high school when that happened to me. <laughs> It happened to you a few years later, so that's why I was laughing because I know the moment. It sounds like you recognized one too. Yeah, and at, at the beginning, this was in February, I'm like, why don't I just summarize every single legal opinion, not thinking about what kind of undertaking that was. And so now, eight or nine months later, whatever it's been, I've had computers running 24-7 just every single day. It's been, it's a huge, huge undertaking, but the end is near. We've almost got every single opinion in the country summarized. So that'll be, that'll be an ex exciting milestone. We might be there by the end of the year. In fact, we probably should be. So that that's federal and state in the United yeah, States. Right. Yep. So we have all, well, we have most state appellate and Supreme. And then I'm just finishing up Florida and Texas and New York, which are the biggest ones. And they're just, there's hundreds of thousands in those states and then federal appellate and federal district, and then some of the other states. So yeah, the, all the opinions are there. There's just a giant queue for summarizing at this point. Let's geek out because I'm curious. It, it's not a small feast to, to get all the opinions from every state. That's why I wanted to know if it's just federal because that federal is in itself is a fairly expensive proposition. If, if you go through the, the, the court filing system, and then if you are going through state filing system, you're in real treat because they all have different systems. How did you source it? Because that's actually, before we get into how, how the summarization and embedding, you know, there is a data challenge. I'm just curious how, how you got it and, 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 and how you solved the sourcing problem. Yeah, sure. So at first I started getting them from the Harvard case law project, which 
they have all of the their goal is to have all the opinions and they they scanned all their um, legal cases and put them out there. They have a limit of 500 uh, opinions a day. And so I was sitting there every single day loading my 500 and and putting them into the database and trying not to forget a day. And, <laughs> and then and then so I got I got through most of their stuff. And then when we were having our attorneys put together kind of an ironclad privacy policy, they were like, why do these cases only go to 2017 or 2018? And I was like, what, you need newer ones? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, that would be good. And so then I found Court Listener, which is part of that free law project. And we actually have a commercial agreement with them and they provide all the um, opinions through their APIs and stuff that I read in. So it's all on the, it's on a, the up and up. I got it. And, and so the plan, so at some point, so it sounds a finite project. It may take forever, but there is an end to it. So once you have completed the historical data set, what is the plan going forward? Yeah, another good question. Well, obviously we'll keep loading. Like there's new cases every day. There's probably like, you know, thousand a week or whatever across the country. So keep loading those up and summarizing those, uh, which will be good because as news comes out about current cases, you'll just be able to read a summary about them right in our our system. And then there's a, some other things that we're working on as far as doing some deep analysis on opinions. And, uh, you know, I wish there were a few of me so we, I could do this stuff faster, but that that'll be coming out soon. Some more deep analysis on the opinions that'll make them even more useful. Every time I tell my business partner that I wish there were a few of me, he says that the world would be a more dangerous place. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Yeah, true. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure how my wife would deal with three of me either. That's my point, exactly. I, my business partner is not my spouse. I, I separate church and state. So <laughs> let's... So, you eventually will summarize and we'll have a plan going forward. Then you're going to have a bank of summarized decision. What do you do? With, like, all of that is great. What do you do with that stuff? Yeah. So now people could go in, like if you're a, we do a lot with access to justice. We do a lot with smaller firms, journalists who are interested in the law. Anybody who has an interest in law, including legal professors, I mean, professionals and lawyers, and you could go in to this giant database now and search for legal concepts and terms, and it'll show you instantly what opinions there are, what case law matches, and uh, what case law there is about different case facts that you might have. And so it's really, it's like, it's as fast as Google, but it's really just around searching case law it's really kind of exciting gotcha and and what, what that i i definitely share the excitement but i'm i guess what i'm trying to figure out are you guys doing sort of a, a project for good which is essentially some form of non-profit ngo whatever structure or for benefit corporation or is it a commercial project be monetized and like we'll, we'll, then what is the product or services that will be coming to market uh, and, and, and whose need it will be fulfilling. I mean, there's clearly 
that the database is, is interesting and, and all of that. And you can do a lot of things with it. And I'm trying to figure out where you fall on that continuum of things you could possibly do with it and whose problem you're solving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, right now it's free and we we are not we're not registered as a nonprofit. The intention is to keep it free. I mean, maybe down the road when we do some more the advanced analysis features that we're thinking of, we may monetize some of it, but right now we just want the most possible people using it. And so if we keep it free, and, and as you mentioned, once these summarizations are done, that's like the bulk, like it's so expensive right now, but once that's done, then, you know, the, the costs go way down. And so we'll be able to main, maintain it. So, I mean, I think the idea is just to get the, get the stuff accessible to as many people as possible and let people access AI, like there's a question about whether AI will benefit everyone or just make people who have access, just have more access. So we're hoping that we could kind of level the playing field a bit and, okay. and just get things out there. There are a few companies that tried to do this before. And I do think that there, that access to laws and for citizens. Um, and so that's why I was trying to figure out kind of what is the plan that that's really exciting. So in the, you, you, you mentioned the cost will decrease do you mean the cost of compute or the cost of acquisition of this case inventory? And, and, and then that, I guess, related question, I, I, are you putting the money or is somebody, uh, paying for it? No, I mean, right now our credit card is paying for it. <laughs> It's really the, it's really the AI charges when you do this type of, I mean, I've run over 10 million summaries so far. And so that, you know, at the, at low scale, it's, it's pretty inexpensive, but once you start scaling up, AI costs are, are expensive. And so that's, that's the cost that'll go away. Cause I look at it as like publishing books, like once they're in the library, you don't have to redo them. So once we summarize them, they're, they're summarized and they're there and they're ready to go. So it's the AI costs of summarizing that'll go way down. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So I love that. That, 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 that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Let's talk about embedding. You, okay. you, the suspense of we may or may not talk about it. Like let, let, let's do it. So embedding is a term that people, if they've been attending any of these AI and legal tech seminars, has probably heard before. The, the idea is that it's another part of these AI engines, like OpenAI or some of the other ones, they have what's called embedding. And so what you do is you send in text to it. In our case, we send in summarized legal opinion text, and then it gives you back this list of numbers. So it gives you back like over 1500 numbers that don't mean anything if you just look at them. But then if you take these numbers and then you take like a search term, like let's say I search for um, plaintiff X recklessly, I will summarize, I mean, I'll embed that and I'll get this list of numbers. And then I match that up against the numbers in the database and it'll say, okay, this is similar to contributory negligence or something. So it'll, it'll find similarities. 
So embedding is a way to create, find similarities in different text. And it's also used for images, but I'm not using it for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I guess in what role do you use it in summarization or do you use it for some other purposes? How do you use it? And is that sort of part of bigger plans or is that part of where you are today? Yeah. So I'm using that right now. We're using that right now. Every single opinion that gets summarized then has to be, be made searchable. And that's where this embedding comes in. So you um, run it through this other AI process, and then you get back this long list of numbers, and then you store it in a special database so that the, when search terms come in, come in, they could be matched up and similar opinions could be returned. So yeah, the embedding is part of making something searchable with natural language. That's part of the next stage. You're going to have summarization and then you going to essentially map the relationship among those cases or, or what, what, what are you going to be doing with those? I mean, do you have plans for, you know, the, now that it's searchable and summarized now what? <laughs> yeah. So when you go to our search page on our website, you're actually using the embedding, like not, no summarizing is happening. When you go to our thing, everything is already summarized. So when you go there and type something in, you will see the effects of the embedding, so to speak. It's doing a, a similarity search on all the opinions behind the scenes, and it happens so fast and that it's kind of remarkable. But yeah, we could get into the how the, the natural language stuff kind of works too, if you want. Yeah, let's do that. Why, why, why not? <laughs> okay. I'm going pretty deep, so we may, why, why stop now, Rich? We have time and you have an engaged audience, so let's do it. <laughs> okay. So the natural language search uses this similarity. So that we talked about with the embedding, let's say that you search for, or that you have fruit. It knows that bananas, pineapples, apples, oranges, or all types of fruit. And so they will get a score in this list of embedding numbers. And then if I search for something similar, if it can't find the exact, it'll also find things that are similar. So if I search for fruit and it can't find the exact word for fruit, it'll also say, okay, well, maybe you mean apple or maybe you mean orange. So for example, if I search for like in legal terms, like I don't remember the term. And so I put in like leaf of the poison tree because I don't remember exactly. It'll be like, oh, you probably mean fruit of the poisonous tree. And it'll return cases about that, which is helpful because you don't have to remember all of the specific terms. Like like if the example on our website is we we have like, coerce somebody to change their will because a, a lay person may not know that that's undue influence. But if you type that in, it'll automatically bring up like undue influence. So you just have to type in the terms that you know, and then the, the similarity stuff will bring up uh, things that are similar. Gotcha. So, so this is actually sort of designed to be searchable, but not just for legal professionals. For, for humans, right? Who may or may not be legal professionals or lawyers. 
it, it seems like, and you may tell, let me, let me, let me actually put it in the form of question instead of telling you what to say. What kind of benefits? Connection leading, yes. <laughs> of doing this type of search, uh, what are the benefits and who are the beneficiary? How about that? I can, I can phrase the question, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, so if you are a lawyer, you could go ahead and search right for contributory negligence or undue influence or or any of the other terms that you might use, even super complex ones that don't mean anything to the general public, and it'll instantly show you the cases that have involved that and the opinions that have those have opinions that have opinions on those terms or have made decisions around that. But if you don't know that stuff and you are, oh, I just saw a comment pop up. Yeah, if you I, I shared the comments because I think Hara shared the link. So I think it's appropriate for what you're okay, talking good. about. I didn't mean to stumble you. <laughs> no, I, I, if, you, if, you, if you are like a journalist or maybe you're a law student who doesn't know all the terms yet, or you're a pro se person, or you're just a general public who's involved in some type of lawsuit, then you could type in what you know, like you could type in like discrimination or retaliation and you could get back cases about it. You know, you don't have to know exact case facts. So you could use it at whatever level you want. And that's part of the beauty of some of these AI models behind the scenes. I love that. I, I, I okay, I, I now I understand this. Thank you for that explanation. So it is yeah, sure. that when you say it's searchable, I mean, you know, you know, you can get a girl out of law, but not law out of a girl. So I tend to think law is around lawyers. And thank you for sort of taking me out of my bubble and remind me the obvious truth that law is meant to serve everyone. Lawyers are just intermediaries that do that. And that you can envision a world that the task for which you need an intermediary is going to be, you know, a smaller and smaller world. And folks with right tools can go, especially those who have may not even have had access to, to laws or justice or whatever, may be able to help themselves without training or going through the learning curve because the software is designed to help them out. Am, am, am I summarizing this in, in kind of in, in, in what the, the mission of this? Yeah, you summarized it as well as my software would summarize it. So that, that that's great. And and are you making this available kind of to the public through the web interface or or that's um... it's out there now. I mean the 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 challenge, I mean, I'm not sure if you're gonna ask about some of the challenges, but one challenge here is that this this thing it works so well and it's so exciting when you see the results. It's just a matter of um getting people to actually type it in, type in searches and look at it. And so that's why I'm so excited for this opportunity to be on here to kind of spread the word about it. It's kind of like you don't believe it till you actually use it and see it, what it's okay. capable of. So you prompted me to ask you about challenges. So what are the challenges? <laughs> yeah, some of the challenges, I mean, it's just around the the volume of it. And like there was a, there, there was an opinion in Pennsylvania that was like, 780 pages it was just so long and and it just it's so hard because the the ai models are are supposed to just work with little chunks and so you know it's a challenge when these these super super long opinions come through 
or you know sometimes they come in in, in bad form because they were scans so it's just i think and also using the software at, and in in the description so we're going to talk about how things have evolved over the year but some of the like it would crash all the time at first and so you know i have these things running 24 7 and then when i'd wake up in the morning like all my jobs would be crashed because like there was an outage or something and so we've we've gotten around a lot of that but it's just in general some of these you know just anytime you take on something where you're you're trying to process millions of things there's bound to be some outliers that give you problems i mean technology has a personality as much as we do sometimes it you know wants to have a tantrum you know and be a toddler you know i have people at work that do that so why not why not technology that that that's very interesting thank you for that approach i guess i have to ask you you know there's more to to laws and case law you know there's things like statutes mm-hmm. right? I mean, and depending how big you think, there may be other things, you know, administrative opinions, you know, things from, you know, from treaties to, to administrative opinions, there's a world of laws and practices. And then, of course, you know, sort of various sort of forms and, and stuff like that. So are there plans to kind of include more in, in that database? You told me that the, this project of downloading summarizing is finite and ending and i guess i i'm asking you would you like to extend it and to enjoy it a little bit longer (laughs) i mean i guess that's possible i mean what i wrote is capable of summarizing anything like we we had something there's something on our website still where where any like some of the public things that came out like some of the indictments against the ex-president we summarized or some of the big national legislation or or things like that like it could summarize anything so yeah i mean obviously that's that's possible right now it's you know i my mind will get blown if i think about too much beyond it but this was every statute and you know some municipalities you can't just half do it you just kind of have to go all the way right <laughs> everything yeah we'll just summarize everything but the the good thing is a lot of these opinions will mention statutes or laws or or things and you could still search for them and so you could still find them i mean it may not be the the, the best use because sometimes those things aren't in English and they're comprised of numbers and and things that aren't natural language isn't the best at. But if it dis, if it talks about a law that it applies, then you know describe will be really good at finding that. So I have to ask you about prompts. What have you learned? What are your insights? What are your best tips? Um, share. I mean, those are things that that you know when you love somebody, you share. <laughs> <laughs> so. so with prompting, the key is to really don't be afraid to ask for what you want and don't underestimate what this the systems could do. And this is outside of, of what I wrote. This is like if you're using just one of the legal tech platforms or just write in the chat GPT or whatever. Like I could go into a prompt and I could tell it. I could say like pr- procedural history is the progression of the case through lower courts, including any prior decisions or appeal. 
and then I could say, give me the procedural history for this opinion. So literally I tell it what procedural history is, and then I say, find it in this opinion. Or I could say like the issues presented are the specific legal questions or issues that need to be resolved in the case. What are the issues presented in this opinion? So you could really go in there and tell it what you want. And you could also say, you could tell it at the beginning, you could say like, you're an expert lawyer or you're a law professor or you're an expert legal researcher. You could tell the, the AI what kind of persona to take on. So the key is really just to, to dig in and, and keep working with it until you get it to do what you want. And there, there, you know, there's challenges with that too, which I could tell you about. Yeah, well, let's do it. But I, I love with being honest and open and persistent. I mean, those are just generally good quality, I suppose, in every conversation. But yeah. sure, why not that be a good approach with, with, with Stack as well? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I had this thing where I'm trying to pull out some of the things I just talked about, like the procedural history or the issues or, and some of the opinions don't have all the stuff in them. So the AI would still say like, it would just like guess, or it would put in, I can't find issues presented, or I can't find any procedural history. And I didn't want it to say anything if it couldn't find it. And, I'm, and so I would say, don't include it if you can't find it. And it would say, I can't find it. I don't know what it is. And, and so I sat there all day and I was trying to get it to not include things that, that weren't, that I didn't uh, explicitly ask for. And I even, and you could ask, ask it, how should I, how can I ask, how could I prompt for this? And that's kind of an aside. But what I finally figured out was if I put like, I would say optional, only include this optionally, and then it would finally ignore it. So there's just a whole trial and error piece. And if it's not giving you what you want, you have to just keep trying. And at the scale of just using it interactively, it's very, very cheap. I mean, the most you're going to cost is some pennies, maybe a dollar, but it's really worth it to, to get it fine. If this isn't fine tuning, but to fine tune your prompts so that it'll tell you what you want. Yeah, sometimes it does need a precise term. I know when I play with it, sometimes it will give me some something really super formal. And I'll say, no, that's too formal. Make it informal. And then it will just give me this kind of language from the hood, <laughs> like way informal. And so it took me a while to figure out, you know, what word to use to kind of be in the middle-ish. It seems to understand the word friendly and kind of strike that balance better. When I say informal, it, it it's like a little too informal. Um, you could you could even <laughs> say like like for the summaries I did of some of the national stuff, I would say like summarize this as if the general public is reading it. For some of the stuff that lawyers are going to read, you could say like summarize this for other lawyers to read, so it'll keep in some of the legalese. Yeah, so I I, you, I, you I do, do I do have a lot of fun with like. Oh, do it in Royal English, do it in corporate English, do it in, you know, eighth grader English. Like I actually really have a lot of fun with playing 
was that it's, it's kind of interesting to juxtapose because it also in the process, it's not just actually when it does it, it doesn't just do style. It also actually affects substance. So it's really, you, you learn a lot by, by talking to it. You kind of like get to understand how this thing thinks. And it ha sometimes it takes very narrow, like the, the, the word informal is a very narrow definition in open AI. It's informal to the point of almost what I would say illiterate. <laughs> so, which is a very extreme. Day. So it's kind of interesting to figure out its personality and its quirks and the way it uses definitions. So are you using OpenAI and Microsoft version of that? And, or what are you using? So I started using OpenAI and I'm still using OpenAI for most of it. And then to kind of speed up the process, I started using the Microsoft version of OpenAI, which is very similar. It's the same price. They actually give you a higher allotment of, they call them tokens so that you could do more per minute by default. So they give you a higher amount on that. And it's actually faster since less people use it. But it's interesting because one of the challenges of the Microsoft OpenAI, and this would apply if anybody out there is a criminal lawyer, there's some strict content filtering on it. So a lot of these opinions will describe crime scenes or violent acts or, or things like that. And the Microsoft will kick them out and it won't summarize them. So I have, once it kicks them out, I set them aside and then run those through OpenAI, which doesn't have any such content filtering on. But that was kind of surprised that they, like, even though it's a judicial opinion, which is, you know, you would think they would kind of let those through, they, they still kick them out. So they're just, keep that in mind if you are dealing with any 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 type of legal information that would have explicit stuff in it that the Microsoft one may not be for you. Yeah, very interesting, huh? I I didn't realize. I mean, I am aware of filters in in Google and and Microsoft. I guess it makes sense, especially because if you don't know who whether the person who is running those things are over twelve, for example, because that, that's yeah. a big, that's or a big their intent that's is a big, or something. Yeah, big yeah. legal threshold. So very interesting. So we're coming to the end. I maybe have a few more questions. One is about, you know, the services is free now. You know, what is the intent here? Free is, you know, I guess, sustainable under limited circumstances. So I'm curious about how you think about that. Yeah, I mean, we'll keep it free as long as we possibly can. I mean, right now, that that's indefinitely, you know, like I mentioned, if we could get to the end of the year and get everything summarized and our prices should go down. I mean, that the hosting is expensive because, you know, there's a giant database behind the scenes and that the hosting of the search engine and all that. But like I said, it's really the using open AI and Microsoft costs that are, that are high and that'll go down, they'll go down probably, you know, 80% after yes. the end yes. of the year. So you, 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 that, that's, that would be a sunk cost, right? but your marginal cost will, will diminish. Yeah. We still are, we're still eating the cost of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I guess my last question is around kind of what other things do you think we can like, what, what else is possible? What, what other, you know, what other benefits 
I, I really love the benefits of, you know, you can search without basically having legal training. That is actually an important benefit because legally is, is, a, is another language you must speak to, to, to be able to navigate the world of law. And I don't mean just procedurally, actually just actually understanding contracts and, and uh, case law and stuff like that. But what else, like what are the other things you can do? What are the benefits, who the beneficiaries could be? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're going to work on some deeper analysis of the data that we've already worked hard to collect. So that's, you know, we'll start rolling that out. But if you think about the industry as a whole, where we were a year, a year ago, like no one even knew about AI. I mean, there were the, the people who were really far into it, but like ChatGPT, maybe what did it come out last October, November, and people started learning about it and think about where we've come in a year. Like we don't know what's what the next year has in store. So there's probably a lot of people who have ideas on how to use this that no one in this room even knows about yet. So I guess the key is is just to for someone like our company just to keep on top of all the developments and and think about how how we could apply those to some of the legal data. But there's no doubt that there's going to be some exciting things coming out over I the love, next you know period of time. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. I love the deep dive and I love the mission and I love what you're accomplishing. You've covered a lot of ground. You know, if you wanted to give one takeaway to folks, what would it be? I would say that when you are using, or if you haven't used any of this AI technology, like there's nothing to be afraid of. Like you can't hurt anything by just typing into the, into the chat thing, unless of course you use whatever it says, like some, like the story everybody talks about, but you, it doesn't hurt to experiment with things. It doesn't hurt to try there. It's actually, it actually could be pretty fun and you, you could get amazed at what it could do. So yeah, just get out there and, and do it. It, it, it could only help you. I love it. I love the way you think. Thank you. Thank you for joining Rich. Thank you everyone for joining as well. And that brings us to the end of another thrilling episode on the Notes to My Legal Self AI Insights. We had a fantastic time exploring the fascinating intersection of law and AI with you. But hold on tight because the adventure doesn't stop here. Stay connected with us on social media to continue the conversation, share your thoughts, and be part of our incredible community of legal enthusiasts. Together, we can inspire, learn, and make a real impact on the world of law and AI. If you enjoyed today's episode, we encourage you to share it with your friends, colleagues, and anyone else who could benefit from the exciting insights we discussed. Let's spread the knowledge and enthusiasm far and wide.